This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Creaker Comforts on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week. Today's an all-pet day here on Creature Comforts, as we do on the first Thursday of each month. The doors to our pet hospital are wide open, so we welcome all your pet questions, from the big to the small. Do you have a cat or dog at home, or maybe both? Don't hesitate to join the conversation by phone or email. And if you have a general wildlife experience that you'd like to share, you can call in as well. The, con- uh, to, uh, the number to call to join the conversation is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Email animals at mpbonline.org. If you ever miss Creature Comforts on Thursday, it repeats Saturday mornings at 6. Good morning, Dr. Major. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Uh, we're doing okay. It's kind of busy here at the AMC, but we're, we're doing okay. Very good. Uh, we've got a caller on the line early with a pet question, so why don't we start things off uh, by going to Terry, who's called in from Fairhope, Alabama. Good morning, Terry. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead. I have an 11-year-old Maltese dog, and all of a sudden, he's got a stopped-up, only right-side nostril, and and his left side flows normally. His nose is moist on that side, but it's only the right side is dry as a bone for two weeks, and I can't get the mucus, dried mucus, out of his nostril. Any idea what's going on with only one side being affected? You know, that's a, that's a great question, and it does, does happen. Uh, what may be going on, certainly there could be an infection, but there could also be a foreign body uh, possibly in that nostril that side, or, uh, you hate to say it, but possible tumor. So 11-year-old, I would definitely have him checked. Um, They may need to do a little endoscopic exam to be sure there's no tumor or blockage and and go there, okay? Thank you so much. Y'all are much appreciated by the whole community. Well, you're most welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, uh, Terry, for your call. If you have a question for Dr. Major about your pet this morning, we've got some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Dr. Major, July 4th is this weekend, and uh, s- lots of humans like fireworks. Uh, some dogs don't particularly like that. So uh, what are some tips uh, that you could offer uh, to help your dog stay calm, you know, uh, Sunday night if if they start hearing a lot of banging from uh, from fireworks. You know, this is is an issue with a lot of dogs. Uh, cats usually they may have some of the same issues, but they know where to hide, whether it's in the mattress or under the bed or in the <laughs> closet or in your sock drawer. Uh, <laughs> they know where to go. Uh, here's the thing. There are some dogs that really only respond to some uh, medication. Uh, sometimes we have to use uh, some, not sedation, but at least something to kind of take the edge off. 
Uh, I would say that that's you would know which dogs these are already because of our thunderstorms. Uh, we see a lot of advertisements now for undershirts. Uh, they are coming back in vogue a little bit, or at least the advertising has. Uh, they are effective, and uh, in, in a lot of cases, some dogs don't respond to them, but certainly it would be worth a try. Uh, that's not unusual. Uh, we've seen dogs that literally will either tear their way out of the house or try to break back in the house during uh, fireworks or thunderstorms. So be aware, and you usually know which dogs or which pets are going to be like that, and be prepared. Talk to your vet about any medication that they might need. Our producer, Java, found a couple of tips. I thought I'd see what you think about these. One of them says to stay calm. Uh, do dogs feed off of or, or sense our nervousness or our body language, our emotions? Well, you know your cat does, and dogs are just as clued into that. Uh, your cat knows your thoughts probably probably read your <laughs> mind. But, but, but yes, they, they feed off of our anxiety, and uh, it is one of those things that uh, most pet owners are aware of, and they're almost psychic in, in a lot of aspects, but they can know what you're thinking. They can know that you're anxious or upset, and uh, certainly they can feed off of that. That's a great point. Uh, so remain calm if you can. Uh, the seg- second suggestion says to wear your dog out, maybe take him for a long walk before festivities begin or have a, a play day with him, kind of wear him out, and so that he's if he's a little tired, uh, maybe he'll be more mellow during the fireworks. Good point. And uh, if people can do that, it may help. Uh, again, it depends on the individual. Uh, some of the dogs have a whole lot more energy than I have, I know, so it's hard to wear them. <laughs> the person maybe wears out before the dog does. <laughs> well, maybe somebody down the street has a play dog that they can play with and they can uh, wear each other out. That might that might be a good thing. But uh, it's a good suggestion. I appreciate it. All right, uh, we got some phone calls to get to, so let's uh, start with uh, Terry, who's called in from Starkville today. Go ahead, Terry. You're on the air with us. So I guess this is pet-related. How about them bulldogs? (laughs) (laughs) That's not the reason I called, though. Uh, I have an 8-year-old mountain cur, and it seems like she's trying to pull her toenails out. She's gnawing on them, and you can actually hear the clicking when she's trying. I don't know what she's doing, but, you know, I'll try to stop her, and she gets very angry that I'm trying to stop her. What could be causing that? And it's something that hasn't been going on her whole life, I'd say, within the last eight months. Right. When you examine the nails, are they are they splitting, or uh, is there any evidence of infection around them? No, no, none at all. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, it's a little strange for it to start all of a sudden. There's something that has initiated that. It may be psychological. I don't know if she's had any stress lately that... Uh, uh, well, we not... did get a new cat, so... <laughs> okay. Well, the cat, cat may be the culprit. I hate to blame it, it on the it, cat. It's kind, of made, it's kind of made me psychological, too. So. <laughs> Most cat owners know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I, I thought that, you know, you, you get to know a cat, and then, you know, a week or two later, walk in, and it seems like a totally different... Cat, you know, it's, do you ever um, really get to know a cat? <laughs> uh, probably, probably, probably. 
they're, they're, you know, trying to dissuade her from knowing. Usually they start to lick their paws and gnaw on the claws. Yep. Uh, yep. At night when you're trying to sleep or if, or if that happens. Uh, I would say that those nails need to be examined closely to be okay. sure that sign of any type of fungal infection or other type infection. Uh, if still in doubt, it may be that you need to use some sort of, uh, again, uh, medical or chemical uh, something, you know, by that uh, I'm talking about psychologically. Talk to your vet about it. I think it is important uh, that she doesn't need to be just chewing her nails back. Does she stay inside most of the time or outside? Uh, she stays inside, but, you know, goes outside, especially during squirrel season. Uh, but but, but nothing, it generally, nothing. she's a house dog, too. Right. Nothing really has changed then, as you can say, except for the cat. And uh, I would I would consider that as, as, as some reason that she may be, she may think this is a squirrel in disguise or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> that may have affected her somewhat, so. Consult with your vet. There may be, may, she may need some medication for a little while just to see if you can change her attitude. Well, I have noticed the cat spends a lot of time on the top of the refrigerator, so who knows? She <laughs> might be training him. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Terry, for the call. A lot of happy people in Starkville this morning. Uh, if you're listening and don't know, the Mississippi State uh, baseball team, won the College World Series last night. So congratulations to the Diamond Dogs. And again, uh, folks in Starkville, uh, probably a holiday today. This is an all-pet day on Creature Comforts, and we've got another pet caller on the line. So this time we're going to go to Cat in Mobile. Good morning. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, are you with us? You're on the air, Cat. Go ahead. Last chance, Cat, if you're on the air, if you're on the phone, go ahead with your question, please. All right, we'll try that later. Uh, Why don't we do this? Let's take a break. It's time for the first break of the hour. When we get back, we'll be looking for your pet questions. We've got some online, so we're going to keep Dr. Major busy this hour. The number to call if you'd like to join our conversation, it's 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. There's more ahead. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major. And if you want to join our conversation with a question or comment, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Email animals at mpbonline.org. And all pet day, going to keep Dr. Major busy this hour. Uh, let's try Cat again in Mobile. Good morning, Cat. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Can you hear me now? Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So I have a little bit of a feral cat invasion on my property. Um, A mom and a dad cat had a bunch of kittens about a month ago. And so now there are about nine, at least nine cats hiding underneath our car in the driveway, in the backyard. They're just like all over the place. Um, I've called 
uh, wildlife. I've called several different agencies, and nobody will get the cats. What do I do? Well, cats, that is a problem. And uh, I notice every once in a while, like, new litters of kittens in different areas around town here. There may be, and I'm sure you may have tried this, there may be an actual uh, uh, wild or feral cat uh, organization or group in your area. Mm-hmm. If you haven't found them, I would search for that. Uh, these uh, cats can be trapped and neutered or spayed and possibly placed. Uh, some of the cats can never be placed. And it's a real controversy between wildlife lovers, uh, homeowners, didn't invite the cats in. One of the suggestions is not to feed these cats. If you're feeding them, they're going to think you belong, they belong to you. Um, they will go somewhere else usually if you do that. But uh, hopefully there's a group in that area, and I certainly would feel like you're from Mobile. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And I've, I've searched a few of the um, organizations, but nobody's taking cats right now because they don't either have the capacity to care for them or they just don't have any room, and nobody wants to take the cats away. <laughs> well, uh, certainly if there's uh, any group uh, that's listening to this uh, broadcast, I would suggest maybe contact MPB, and we can get them in touch with you. Good yes, luck. Please. And I was serious about the, uh, if you're feeding them, stay there and call your place home. So oh, yeah, be but- careful about that. Yes, sir. We're not feeding them. They just, they like us too much. I'm not sure why, but they won't leave. I understand. Well, good luck with that. Hopefully somebody will hear this and uh, and volunteer to help with that problem. You take care. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Kat, if you would stay on the line, we'll get some information from, from, no, I think she doesn't have uh, If Kat, if you don't mind, call back and leave some information. That way, if someone uh, does call in with a suggestion, uh, we'll know how to forward that information on to you. And uh, my usual disclaimer, feral cat, I believe it's spelled F-E-R-E-L. Uh, my name is Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, so no, no relation there. Right. <laughs> that's although, good. although some of my friends might think I act like a feral cat, but that's a whole other story, I guess. Uh, let's press on with the calls. Our friend Kathleen is called in from Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. I got a quick comment, and then I have a question both for Dr. Troy. I know you remember when I first found BB, the cat that I didn't want. He's been with me since 2014 now, and he's sitting on the foot of my bed like he's the king of the whole kingdom out here. But he's doing fine. Uh, I have a problem with a cat that I call Mr. Man. He's 15. He got out. In around March, when somebody was delivering a, a fan for me, we could not catch him. I couldn't trap him. He would stand 20 feet from me and sit there like a China cat, you know, China doll. Look at me like, I don't know who you're talking to, but it's not to me. <laughs> and he would not come near me. And me would say, I'm still with a cane or a walker. I couldn't chase him. So I finally got him. But... When I did, I noticed his lips are all completely black, and he never had that before. He had like a little um, black spot on his lips. Oh, I thought it was old age, 
but now they're completely black, and I haven't held the cat or been around the cat for since uh, mid March. Why is he? Does he appear to be healthy? Well, since I've got him back in, he's been finding little cubby holes to hide. He doesn't want to come out, and then he cries. The minute I am not in his sight, it's now, now, now recording constant, constant. And he's 15, so I don't know. Maybe he's going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't know. But he, well, he's... If he wants to go back outside from what you're telling uh, yeah. The pigment around the gums and lip can change become darker. I'm not sure why the sudden change, though, has occurred with this cat. So, no, the, the inside, uh, the teeth are okay. His claws are okay. He doesn't have any wounds uh, or anything, because that's what I was worried about, because I live right up against about 30 acres of wild woods. They've got coyotes and various other critters that, you know, Snakes and bugs and oh, you know spiders. Oh my! <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's I hate great, to put him out there because he, huh? I said that's a great spot to live in. You got everything you could want. All kind of creatures. <laughs> yes, I do tend to have a water trough out for the deers. I don't feed them, but I don't deny them water. Okay. But uh, what what should I do? Start where? You mean start with that particular cat? That, with that particular cat. Yeah. Putting that guy. Right. I don't know if there's anything you can do as far as the change in pigment of the lips. I would say that uh, if he doesn't thrive inside again, that he may need to be an outside cat. Now, you've got one or two outside cats, don't you? Uh, well, I'm down to five. <laughs> so. Most of my cats were 14, 15, 16. I even had one going on 18, and I lost four this year. So, Well, if he's not driving inside and he's sitting there like, hey, I'm going to die inside, you might want to let him go back outside. I mean, that might be the best thing for him. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Well, I enjoy your help and your advice, Doc. You know I listen all the time. Thank you guys very much. We thank you. Okay. Thanks, Kathleen, for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Let's uh, continue on to another caller, and this time we're going to have Holly from Loosedale on the line. Holly, it's your turn. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm calling. The, oh, first of all, before I forget, the lady who had the um, stray cats at her house that lives in Mobile, I work with an organization called P-U-R-R-F-E-C-T, Perfect Partners, and you can go to their website and take a look. And I know they're overloaded with cats. They are. Uh, I've got one foster right now along with all the cats I have, but they can maybe help her out or uh, steer her in the right direction because all they do is cats. That's all they do. So here, here's my issue. I have a cat that I took in probably about four years ago. Um, she brought her kitties to my house one at a time in her mouth, and uh, she was just such a good mom. But anyway, she has – she is huge, and she's not a big cat. She's a cat with a small head and skinny tail and legs. And I, I've just – I've looked on the Internet, and when I – when I take her to the vet, you know, they laugh about how fat she is. 
But it's really not funny because she can't groom herself properly anymore, and she grunts all the time. Um, I've, I've tried diet food. Um, I've tried making her stay outside instead of inside. Um, my husband said he's seen her go from bowl to bowl to bowl after the other cats eat. Um, any suggestions? I'm really concerned about her health. Right. Now, just the, uh, I guess, increase in weight or the largeness, is that abdominal or is it all over her? Well, you know, it's most it is mostly ab- abdominal, but this is not something that's happened suddenly. She just went from skinny cat when I mean skinny when she came to our house, and of course I fed her up. Um, to it's as if she's like I I was starved for so long. I'm going to eat everything I can get my hands on. I, I think my grandmother did that after the depression, but I just don't know i don't know what else to do and i'm really afraid she's going to get diabetes or something here's what i would suggest and you know it does sound like that syndrome of the fact that she had starved to death almost and now she doesn't want to even share probably food and that's the reason she goes from bowl to bowl we see that in dogs a lot of times as well where they've been on the street or have been almost starved to death they they will eat incessantly if it's there uh, you could, you've got several cats. I understand that. So, I maybe, have eighteen cats and a foster right now, but we're on a hundred acres. So that's, that's they several. have their own place up in the top of the hay barn. They've got twelve hundred square feet right. up there. Um, but but this has, cat comes in and out. She has ample access to food, and that could be the issue there. But I would suggest, just as a rule of thumb, with the cat doing this, if you haven't had. Uh, just basic health panel, blood work done, you need to do that. They may be able to pick up some reason why she is uh, has gained this weight. That would be my suggestion. Okay. Um, okay. I was I was hoping for do this and feed her this and <laughs> well the other the other thing, you know, if you didn't didn't want to take her into a set, uh, would be to isolate her and feed her a set amount each day uh, based on her body size or how much you want her to lose weight and uh, remove the other sources of food that she has access to. Right. And and I thought of, I thought about doing that, you know, I, isolating her. Um, how, I want to make sure she gets exercise. So how, about how long do you think it would, would take? I, I mean, I realize I, that um, she probably weighs, and this doesn't sound like much because I've had cats that weighed over 20 pounds before. They were big cats, you know, big. This is not, this is a, what you would normally look at and see as a long, skinny cat. Um, So she probably weighs about 17 pounds, and I think she should probably only weigh about 10 or 12. Right. You wouldn't want her to lose weight too rapidly, but uh, I would get a, Weight reduction type diet such as Five Snot WD uh, or RD, and I would suspect that it would take probably a couple of months on reduced calories to see any change. That would be okay. All right. Okay. All right, uh, Holly. Thanks for your call this morning from Loosedale. We appreciate you calling in. 
uh, let's get uh, another caller in, and it's our friend Bill, who's in Greenwood. Bill, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. This uh, little Manx kitty, she's half the size of a replica. She's about a year and a half. And very strange. She will not let me cut her at all. I just barely touch her head. And if I ever go to touch, touch her tail, she just goes berserk and tries to tear me up. But uh, lately, she's, she stays gone all the day. And I see her up on my roof sometimes during the day. But she'll come home at night and I She's real hungry. She'll take two or three bites of food, and then she'll walk off. And and if it's, you know, uh, the, the wet kind of cat food, the flies are getting in, and she's playing with the flies and not eating it, or she don't even like dry at all. And and uh, usually uh, something else will get her food and eat it. And I, I don't know what to do about that. She, she doesn't seem to want to eat. And... Uh, and she just stays constantly agitated and mad all the time. You know, you just just barely touch her sometimes. She just go crazy. So I, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's just very weird. Well, it is. And, you, and uh, you know, she's a Max, you said, a Max cat. Yeah, yeah, she's a Max, and she doesn't eat. She doesn't put her head over the bowl and eat like a normal cat. She eats with her foot. She takes her foot, and she puts a little bit in her mouth a little bit at a time. Well, it sounds like his cat spent some. Sounds like she spent some time away from you. She may be a hunter. She may prefer uh, rats and mice, for example, to regular cat food. I don't know. Uh, Manx, I'm just wondering. You said she didn't like to be pitted. Uh, sometimes they have some spinal issues, uh, especially around the back half of their body, and very touchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would suspect. May be a problem. And she don't like you to ever touch her tail. You just barely touch her tail. She just goes crazy. Right. <laughs> that right. Could be, you know, a problem like that, you know. But she's right. in pretty good condition, right? As far as physically, flesh wise? Well, yeah, she looks like she's got some weight on her. She doesn't look skinny. But, you know, she would, I don't know. Have you ever heard of a cat that ate with her foot? That <laughs> I think cats would have to stir their water with their foot before they'll drink. Um, <laughs> that's possible. And a lot of times they'll hook the food out. Uh, I've seen one or two that were doing that, that people would attach a spoon to the foot <laughs> and they would dip food out and eat it out of the spoon. So uh, it's strange, but yes, I've seen that. But it may relate to the Manx, and she may be having some pain. She may be constantly irritated because of that. It's possible. But sounds like one or two things is happening. Either she's a good hunter or somebody else is feeding her in the neighborhood and she likes the food better. I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks, Dr. Major. Enjoy your show. <laughs> You're welcome. Take care. All right. Bill from Greenwood, thanks for your call today. Uh, time for another break. Do I do want to remind, though, if Cat from Mobile, who called in earlier with some uh, feral cat problems, uh, the suggestion was Perfect Partners, P-U-R-R-F-E-C-T, Partners. Uh, check their site out online. That might be of some help to you. It is time for another break. When we get back, we'll continue taking your pet questions. We've got John in Madison on the line, ready to go with a question. And there's time for you to call in at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Email animals at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. 
Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week, so it is an all-pet day. We have some open phone lines ready for your pet questions, one 877 MPB ring. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines and begin again with uh, John, who's called in from Madison today. Good morning, John. You're on the air. Good morning. Thanks. Uh, I have a uh, nine-year-old mutt, and uh, the vet is recommending that we do a teeth cleaning and uh, it seems pretty traumatic, pretty expensive, and I was wondering uh, if you thought that was a good idea. Not seeing the, the dog's teeth, I'm not sure exactly how bad they are, but uh, if you've got a lot of tartar, a lot of plaque, you can get the gum lines to start receding around the uh, tooth and exposed roots. It can lead to both heart issues and kidney issues. So uh, I would say that you know, to tell you to take your the advice of the vet, probably they're being realistic. Uh, I know it starts to be expensive, especially if there are extractions that need to be made. But uh, I would say that probably it, it probably is a good thing at that age. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, You're John. Welcome. Good to hear from you. Got some open phone lines. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Call one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four with your pet questions for Dr. Major. Uh, a quick follow-up on that, Dr. Major. I know we've talked about uh, teeth health, uh, canine health with their teeth before, and uh, you suggested that even as a puppy, perhaps, you know, maybe a little bit of a gum massage or something early on uh, is helpful for the dog, but also uh, if, if, if something down the road is needed, they're, they're not, you know, as, as freaked out as because they're a little bit more used to someone kind of in that area of their mouth. Certainly, and there's there's a controversy about food, for example, you know, which foods uh, tend to have less tartar buildup. A lot of the uh, teeth problems that we see are genetic, and uh, I would say that uh, we see dogs occasionally uh, 10 years old that have almost perfect teeth, whereas we see some three or four that have some real issues. But, yes, uh, massaging the gums, uh, and we can birds talking to us over here now, uh, massaging the gums and uh, then actually brushing the teeth. There are various uh, soft toothbrush that can work with uh, some flavored uh, toothpaste. Try not to mix that up with your own uh, <laughs> beef and, uh, I think, tuna. So anyway, that all can be done, but it takes some work and effort. I suspect only about Maybe five to ten percent of the dogs that I know of uh, and cats uh, are having their teeth brushed. Cats would be a little bit more difficult to brush in most cases than than dogs. 
you, you know, humans have those minty toothpaste. Uh, could you imagine if you you're expecting I don't know Crest or whatever, and you and you get some beef flavored <laughs> toothpaste? That would be a shock in your morning for sure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, got some more calls lined up. Now we're going to go to Ocean Springs. Carol has called in today. Good morning, Carol. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Thank you for your program. Sure, go I ahead. I have a question about my dog. He's five, little dog, and he really was a good chewer on things. Until the last year, he's getting less interested in chewing on things you buy in the store. Um, but is there some kind of a safe, raw bone he could chew on? Then he'd really work on those gum lines. Right, and that depends on the dog as well. Not every dog will chew on them, and you have to be careful with what you get. Uh, you don't want to get a bone that's going to splinter and then have right. those uh, being ingested and having a problem. Some of the dogs respond to the hard plastic chews. Uh, Nylabone is the name of one of those. There's others right, as well. Right, you won't eat those. He's not interested. And, uh, right, uh, you know, and it's finding the one that he might be interested in. I would say that, you know, some people feed knuckle bones. You know, he's a small dog, so I don't know that that, I'm talking about beef knuckle. Uh, that, in some cases, uh, works well. But you have to be careful. You don't want uh, those large uh, splinters or shards of bone that can become lodged or cause some issues intestinally. Uh, search, see what you can find. Some of the dogs respond to the dental sticks or greenies. Right. So you've probably tried those, and he doesn't like them. So I, I, I eat them right up. I mean, they don't last but a second. Well, that's true, and uh, but they do help some. Some of those are treated with some enzymes that do help prevent tartar and tartar buildup. But good luck in finding something. Just be careful that it's nothing. So, sort of raw beef bones might be okay, like a raw rib bone? I would not feed raw bones uh, to the dog. Uh, and the reason for that, uh, you possibly could have some sort of bacterial issue with those. Uh, I think it would be better to have been at least mold, uh and for quite a while, and then that might be a way to feed those you know, to your dog. But be so careful. A rib bone? Well, Any we kind of bones like, better than others? I know you don't want to do chicken. Don't want to do chicken. And, you know, rib bones, uh, we've seen a lot of dogs over the years that will swallow a piece of rib bone and get lost in the intestine. So uh, I have caution, and uh, I think maybe there's something out there that this dog will chew on, hopefully, besides besides furniture. That's sort of, anyway, it sounds like a good little dog, though, and I know you're trying to do your best. Thank you very much. All right, Carol, thanks for your call. The one odd suggestion I might make is it's not necessarily a bone, but those Kong toys where you hide the treat inside the thing and the dog has to kind of find it in there. I know my brother's uh, dog seemed to like those, uh, so that might be a suggestion for something that the dog uh, could chew on. there. They're fairly indestructible from what I've heard, but... Uh, it's a, they get that treat in the center, so it's a little bit of a reward for their hard work. Uh, next, there, go, go ahead. There are, there are some dogs that can tear those up. They delight in trying to tear up stuff that's indestructible. 
<laughs> but uh, in most in most cases, they are uh, very durable. And that's a good point, Kevin. I appreciate that. Uh, it might work that you put uh, either peanut butter or cheese or something in that uh, Kong, and the dog can work to get it out. We got another caller on the line. This time, we're going to go to Memphis as we say good morning to Ela. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Um, hi, I was going to make a suggestion for Cat, the young lady that has the um, cat living under her car. Uh, if she can't find somebody that actually will take the cat, it may be to her advantage to go ahead and get them neutered and spayed. And there are organizations that do that for a discount for um like spay and neuter clinics that do that for feral cats, and then she can just let them go after they get um, neutered and spayed. I did that several years ago. Um, at least she can prevent the colony from growing. All right, uh, Ela, thank you. That's a good point that, uh, as you say, even uh, it, it kind of prevents the spread of, of more feral cats uh, for sure. So uh, I think maybe check in the mobile and see uh, if there would be some clinics or some places that would uh, would do that for a possibly free or maybe even a reduced cost. So thanks for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, where we have some open phone lines on Pet Day. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll go ahead and take our final break of the hour. When we get back, we'll continue with your questions for Dr. Major on Pet Day. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major on an all-pet day. Still have some phone lines open at one eight seven seven mpb ring Call us at one 672 7464 with your pet questions. You can also send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Dr. Major, while we wait for another call to come in, I've got uh, two claw-related questions uh, first of all, you know, uh, my cat loves to scratch, obviously, like a lot of cats do. And so um, he he works his front paws a lot, but I don't ever see him on a scratching post or whatever s- scratching his back claws. Do the do cats n- not need to do that? I won't say it's physically impossible, but uh, I've never seen a cat scratching his back claws on a scratching post, for example. Uh, they, the front claws especially in the back claws, to shed that shell. There's a shell there. That's one reason they keep those front claws sharp. They pop those, uh, shed the shell that covers it, and then you've got a fresh, it's kind of like a shark tooth, if you think about that. Maybe not the same principle. They don't shed the entire claw, but they shed that shell around the claw, and it's quite sharp when they uh, do that. Uh, Back claws, unless it's an old cat, that has maybe uh, changes in the claw structure, I rarely have to do anything to the back claws as far as uh, a problem with that. That thing is, um, I've noticed that on one paw, one of his claws seems to get stuck a lot on, in, you know, if he's on the bed, on the bedspread or whatever. And I don't ever remember having a problem like that with another cat. So, um is it just could it maybe the the hook on his claw, or that he's just got an extra sharp one? Any thoughts on that? Well, it, it may be 
uh, I'm not sure what's related to that. You know, you can, and this is for everybody, you can actually take basic nail clippers and trim those tips of the claws without causing an issue. You don't want to get too close uh, to the quick where the bloodline is, but you can actually take those tips down uh, using uh, regular nail clippers, human nail clippers. Uh, that can work quite well. And it does help with that particular one. You might try on that uh, foot where the one is hanging in uh, the bedspread or whatever and see if you can do that. might help. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about it, uh, trying to keep him steady, but, but you're right. Maybe if we just go to the very tip of the thing to kind of blunt the, the point, uh, the yeah. other thing is this. And then, so he, he gets stuck a lot. I I never have to worry obviously about, I mean, he's not going to tear his claw out of there, I guess, is he? No, he's not. He's okay. Not. Uh, so yeah, he seems to extract himself uh, most of the time, but now I've got little, you know, little, uh, uh, material pulls and things like that. So, um, but it, it's odd because it seems to be on one paw, but not the other. So maybe, like I say, maybe he's just got some extra sharp claw, which I can actually, uh, testify to when, when he scratches me. So <laughs> back one, to, go ahead. One, one of the joys of owning a cat. <laughs> back to the phone lines we go. We'll start off again. Donald has called in today. Good morning, Donald. You're on the air with us. Hi, how you doing this morning? Good. What do you have for us today? I have a, a pooch question for you. My mom has a, a, a chihuahua, no, a poodle mixed with a shih tzu. Okay. She's got to be, uh, a girl gave her to me about, must have been about five, between five and ten years before Hurricane Katrina. So she's pretty old. Yeah. And But uh, she's getting, I think she's starting to, uh, suffer with a help, uh, when my mom take out and she just, all she do is walk in circles. She just do that till she just wear herself out. What do you think causes her to do that? Well, you know, just guessing, uh, this dog probably is what, 15, somewhere between 15 and 20 years old. Yes. That sound right. Yeah, that's uh, about right. Quite, quite possibly that she's either had a stroke of some sort. Uh-huh. Uh, she may be senile as well. On top of that, you know, some of the dogs was that old. If they've had a problem, neurological problem, will stand maybe in a corner uh, and can't get out. Uh, yeah, they, she, she do that. A, she do that a lot too. Right, and uh, you know, obviously she's still eating some and able to. Oh yeah, eat. she has a. She has a great appetite. Right. And um, there may be medication that could help. You could consult with a vet about that. Uh, but probably this will be progressive uh, over time. And uh-huh. the, the circling part kind of sounds like either something going on with the uh, inner ear. In other words, her ear could be an issue, but quite possibly a stroke and that she's has not recovered from. Uh-huh. Do you think I ought to take her to the vet and get her checked out thoroughly? I think you need to have an assessment uh, and at least uh, tell tell the vet what's going on. And uh-huh. Let her be examined. There may be some medication that might help. So that would be my advice. And I, I would uh, say get her in and have her checked over. Okay? Yeah, that's what I'll do because my mom told me last week, my mom usually works around because both of them stay up 
real late at night, and they sleep most of the day. And okay. my mom told me that Pepper hadn't barked in months, and my mom gives her graham cracker snacks every morning at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And my mom told me Pepper barked the other morning when she didn't give her, her when she didn't get her graham cracker snack. <laughs> I like that. Well, she's got some funk left. That's good. Uh, yeah. Get her in and have her checked. I think that would be your best best thing to do. Good Thank you very that. much. Thanks, thanks, Donald. Good to hear from you this morning. Let's get one final call in on this pet day, and it goes to Jane in Biloxi. Good morning, Jane. You're on the air. Hi. <clears throat> um, I have a, a mutt uh, who's about, who weighs about uh, uh, 30, 35 pounds. And um, just in the last couple of months, he started coughing a lot. And the vet gave me a pill for him, but he, he refuses to take the pill. He can smell it in anything I put it in and just refuses it. Um, and he just coughs for no apparent reason. He doesn't usually cough anything up, but it's, you know, it sounds as if something's irritating his throat. But the vet examined him and, you know, didn't find a reason, at least not that, that she told me about. So I'm wondering right. if there's anything I can do to help him with his cough. Okay. Is it when he gets excited or is he just randomly cough at any time? No, it's, it's, it, it seems random. It uh, doesn't seem to have anything to do with excitement. And he, he is uh, negative for heartworms? I'm pretty sure he is. I've had him for many years, and he gets his heartworm medicine all the you know once a year or whatever that is. Well, that's important to be sure that he's getting that and that he is clear of heartworms. Uh, certainly, there can be a lot of different reasons for a cough. Uh, collapsing trachea may be one thing uh, that causes dogs to cough. A chronic pharyngitis, which it sounds like. Do you know the medication that the vet sent with you? I, I don't. I, I mean, I could go get it, but it would take me a minute. Okay. Um, uh, but um, I, I can't think of it right now. I don't know the name. Okay. And, and going further, you know, this has been going on for a while now, right? Yes, for at least two or three months. Okay. I, I would say a little bit more, and I don't know what kind of workup you had, but it might be wise to uh, have an x-ray done of the uh, chest. Okay. And neck to be sure there's no uh, obstruction, a foreign body type thing, or possibly uh, uh, a cancer. I mean, you uh-huh. need to know these things. If that was the case, certainly I would hope it's not cancer. Right. But there are conditions that could cause this, and I think maybe delve a little bit further into diagnostics and see if you can find the cause. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Just a couple of minutes left. So Dr. Major's been very hot here the last uh, week or so. Again, um, I guess our pets uh, can, on their own devices, find ways to keep cool. But obviously, what would be some things to keep in mind? Maybe uh, certainly um, a, a, a shady spot for them to uh, to rest in and then always make sure they have a lot of water available. That's most important, the water, the water part. And... You know, I I would rather not see any dogs chained out or tied out uh, if that's the case. Obviously, knock a bowl of water over. You need to have plenty of water. Some of the larger dogs, uh, I know, 
some of our uh, clients have, you know, the kitty swimming pool. They'll put water in that pool, and the dogs learn to uh, soak in that for a little while. <laughs> Plenty of water and shade is very important. Uh, they're just like we are. They have to pant, of course, to help uh, heat to dissipate. Be very careful uh, if you're walking your dog or running. Uh, asphalt is quite hot now, and certainly dogs can burn their pads uh, by running on the street uh, with the asphalt type thing. So it's very important. All right. Been a busy day, but thanks, Dr. Major, as always. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Funding is provided by listeners like you. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to mpbonline.org slash Creature Comforts. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Dr. Troy Major, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned because up next, it's AutoCorrect with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.